0: People of God. St. Andrew's folks, I'm not sure, but I think may have heard this example before. But it's a good example, so if you have, you'll be reminded. And for those who haven't, it'll be new. A number of years ago, I started work at my very first church. The architectural layout of that building was moderately similar to this one. There were two rows of pews with a, with a center aisle. And raised chancel here at the front. And there was a door. It was actually on that side of the building, but nevertheless, there was a door near to the front with a little room in behind. And to begin that service, I was instructed to walk out that door. Now, as it was literally my very first week, I was new to ministry, I did as I was told. On my very first Sunday at 10.30, I walked out that door. And the whole congregation stood up. And I thought it was a, a bit odd, I'd I'd never seen that kind of thing before, but I had a lot of other things on my mind right about then, so didn't pay it much heed. But the next week, it happened again. And then the week again after that. And after a few weeks, when I had become a little more comfortable with my surroundings, I asked a couple of members of session, why does the congregation... Stand up when I enter the sanctuary. And one said, rather honestly, I don't know. We always have. (laughs) Another elder tried to clarify by explaining we want to honor the minister. And don't get me wrong, it's nice to be honored if that's what had actually been happening. But somehow I suspected that in fact that was not what was happening. And it's not like I'm a maniac for pure theology or anything like that, but it did kind of make me a little bit uneasy that people would be standing to so-called honor someone just because of their title. So I did a bit of research, and I learned that until about six or seven years previous to that, it had not been just one person coming out that door, but two. The minister was preceded by a beetle. In North America, unless you're from an originally, originally from a very traditional church, you may not know what a beetle is. How many do know what a beetle is? Wow, that's even fewer than I thought. <clears throat> it's neither an insect nor a member of the Fab Four. Just in case you're wondering, <laughs> in old-time Presbyterian churches. The Beatle used to have many different jobs, mostly related to the smooth running of the service, sort of light custodial work, setting things up, maybe ushering. There was no strictly defined role for the Beatle, just general helper around the place. But one role that was fairly universal in most churches that had one, was for the beetle to carry the scriptures into the sanctuary to begin worship. And while many of the other tasks are now done by other church members, in some very traditional Presbyterian churches, even in Canada, Sunday worship still begins with a beetle bringing in the scriptures. So in that church up until a few years previous the service would begin with the beetle carrying in the bible and the congregation would stand to honor the entry of the scriptures while the minister clearly the less important of the two would follow in behind but in the case of the congregation i've mentioned when the beetle wasn't any longer able to physically do his beetling anymore, the minister kept coming in that door, and the congregation kept right on standing for the minister's entry. And human nature being what it is, after a few years, most folks had completely forgotten the real reason why they were standing at attention at that time of the service. And they'd come to believe that the whole scenario was to honor the minister. A practice which, incidentally, I can say, was promptly ended that day. I don't tell this story to try and embarrass a certain congregation. I think, with different examples, we're all guilty of this kind of thinking. It's a natural human tendency To start out doing things for certain specific, sometimes symbolic reasons, which might be very appropriate. But as time goes by, the original meaning seems to get lost and erodes away. And we end up doing things for all kinds of reasons that are sometimes not only not biblical, but sometimes for reasons that we cannot even explain any longer. And so the first elder who replied to me was actually being very honest. I don't know, we always have. Today is Palm Sunday. And I'd be willing to bet that in many churches around the globe, including a vast number of Presbyterian churches in Canada, various songs and hymns will be sung. Songs that include the word Hosanna, lots of times. Or hymns like All Glory, Laud, and Honor. Moreover, around the world, hundreds of millions of people will hear the same reading today from the Gospel according to Matthew. Hundreds of millions of people heard the exact reading that you heard this morning. And quite probably, in many, many churches around this world, Christians will be waving palms. Which is fine. But it's also where that old problem starts to creep in. We start out by doing something symbolic. Something which is supposed to help us better understand a deeper kind of truth. In the case of the palms, we commemorate the day that Jesus rode into Jerusalem to begin a series of events which Christians celebrate as Holy Week, the holiest events of the church year. We read through Matthew's account, which quotes from the Old Testament prophet Zechariah, Tell the daughter of Zion that your king is coming to you, humble, and riding on a donkey. And a few verses after that, the crowds are shouting, using parts of three ancient psalms, including one that we read uh, together today, Hosanna, Hosanna to the Son of David, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. That last line, incidentally, you may want to remember because we will hear it again next week during the great prayer of Thanksgiving. But all of that's in the future. Before all of those events, we have to remember Jesus' entry into the Holy City and the enthusiasm by which he was greeted by the crowds. We remember that he was welcomed as a great conquering king And it was customary to welcome conquering heroes by laying your your garments or palm branches on the road in front of them. And so many millions of people today will do exactly that. They'll be waving palm branches. But here's where the whole thing sometimes runs off the road. In fact, off the road and right into the ditch. In the gospel, if you read it, in the gospel, it's pretty clear that this whole scene, the, the so-called triumphant entry into Jerusalem, the, the chanting crowds, the waving palm branches, all of it, the whole thing, is written so that the reader understands that this is situational irony. The reader can see very clearly that the people in the story were getting the thing exactly backwards. Palm branches were supposed to be laid out on the ground as a sign of honor and respect for a conquering hero. And the crowds genuinely thought that's what they had. They were welcoming their new king. Which was true only in the most inverted way possible. The crowd's enthusiasm, you see, was misguided. Because Jesus' kingdom is not of this world. It isn't measured in terms of military or economic or political power. So this whole story, this whole day that we talk about as Palm Sunday is a message of irony. People not getting it. People welcoming an earthly conqueror when... Jesus wasn't about any of that stuff at all. How doubly ironic, then, that in so many churches today, Christians will wave palms with joyful enthusiasm instead of knowing irony. How doubly ironic that so many of Jesus' current followers don't realize. Or, or maybe if, they, if you really ask them, they could come up with some kind of a vague answer. But, but on a sort of a superficial basis, they do not realize that the branches are supposed to remind us of how quickly and easily we misunderstand what Jesus' ministry is supposed to be about. I'm not against palms on Sunday, on this Sunday. But like the Bible that is carried into the church by a beetle, I think it's important for every person of faith to periodically check that they still understand what it is that they actually are doing. That they periodically check that they still kind of get it all of the symbolism that we do in churches whether it's on palm sunday or any of the other 51 weeks of the year all of the symbolism that we do is only valid if it is tied to something that we can understand and gives us an insight into the deeper truth of it otherwise it just turns into a weird little thing that we do, empty tradition. And I'm not against tradition, but it has to be real tradition. 2,000 years ago, the crowds waved palms out of ignorance. For us, waving palms is supposed to symbolize that we understand the crowd's ignorance. They are not intended to symbolize our ongoing participation in that ignorance. Jesus was not and is not a king of earthly glory. And anyone who preaches that kind of thing, that that all God wants out out of you in your life, is that you be rich and successful and powerful in earthly terms... Those people are perverting the most basic premise of the gospel message. Jesus was not about success on those terms. 2,000 years ago, the crowds didn't get it. But we have a gospel record, and we have no excuse to lapse into that kind of misguided, empty traditionalism that has us not get it. Next week, moreover, next week, we can see exactly what terms it is that Jesus' ministry and kingdom are really built on. Come on Friday, Most especially come next week when we celebrate what Jesus' kingdom is really all about. Amen.